This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 22? I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Reading out of the New Living Translation. I got a lot to cover in a short time, but that's okay because what I have to say is not as important as as what God wants and wanted to do during our time of worship. This message is kind of birthed this week out of this passage, and there's it's crazy to me how God orchestrates this and works this. Uh, I had an idea of where I thought I was headed, at least a passage of Scripture, did not know really what was going to come out of it until I sat down and just started writing. But this passage of Scripture, and then when I set up the worship set, and Valerie helped me kind of get that situated with a couple ideas, and we had no intention of correlating this whatsoever, But maybe your mind will be like my mind and you'll understand how God orchestrated all this whenever we finish this up. But I want to talk to you today about this idea that I've titled Doubt from Delay. Doubt from Delay. Exodus chapter 32, beginning in verse 1, it says, When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Who brought us here in the land of, uh, from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take gold rings from your ears and your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf And then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. And after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down to the mountain. Go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they've bowed down and sacrificed to it. And they're saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Doubt from delay. There's a couple things, and we could go so many different directions. As I thought about this even this morning as I was going back through and looking through my notes, the whole idea, the struggle here is that the people are irritated. They're impatient. Moses has gone up on the mountain. He's gone back on the mountain for the second time now, and he's getting instruction. He's having a meeting with God. 
And it's unreal to me how quickly, uh, maybe it's not quickly, we read in Exodus 24, I believe it's 18, that Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The point, though, is that they're believing that God is doing great things. They're believing God's leading them out of Egypt. He's leading them out of slavery. And Moses is headed to the meeting, uh, the meeting place with God. He is having a meeting with the Lord. But because that meeting runs over, because that goes a little longer than they think it should, all of a sudden they throw their hands up. Now, I don't know what happened with this fellow Moses, uh, that Moses guy, but can you make us a God that will actually lead us out of here? I want to talk for a second about the fellow Moses. Moses was the guy who was called to lead the people out of slavery and bondage. God filled him with boldness to continue fronting Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He led the exodus out of Egypt. He held the staff above the Red Sea to part it, making a passageway for the Israelites. He petitioned the Lord for water and for food for the Israelites. He struck the rock to bring water out of the rock. He led the people through victory against Amalek. And, and they don't understand, but if it wasn't for the fellow Moses, they wouldn't be headed out of slavery in the first place. You with me? This fellow Moses kind of has a decent track record. He has a decent resume. He's, got a, he's proven that when God speaks, he's going to act and something's going to happen. I've never struck water, a rock and water flowed out of the rock. You with me? But Moses has, and Moses is the guy that has called out for food. And, and God, the people are hungry. Okay, great. I'll send bread from heaven, God. The people aren't really happy with this. Fine, I'll send them meat to eat, God. The people need something to drink. Fine, go here. And here you'll find all the creeks and rivers and streams, God. They dried up. Well, that's okay. Strike this rock and there's water. But yet Moses is not good enough for them now. This fellow Moses. He's not they, they don't, They've almost thrown him to the side. Depending on what translation you read, it changes it a little bit, but it's all like almost this sarcastic, I don't know what happened to Moses, that guy Moses. But we need you to do something different. They go to Aaron Paul's interject. This is nowhere in the sermon notes. Why I have no problem standing and for us spending time worshiping and just tarrying in the presence of the Lord for a little while is because when we get impatient and we try to walk away too soon and we get upset because the meeting has run over, that's when things tend to happen. Sometimes we have to stay in the meeting whether we like it or not. Sometimes we have to sit and we have to, to rest and abide in the presence of the Lord so God can do what God wants to do. You with me? So they go to Aaron. Aaron is a Levite. He's the first high priest. He is the mouthpiece that was chosen for Moses. He was intended to be the partner in crime, not really crime or the exodus. He was intended to be the, the one to, to help, the brother, the helpmate. He really were brothers. Uh, Aaron was the brother to Moses and Miriam, and, and he was the companion. He was the one that was supposed to be the support, if you will. One commentary said he basically was the associate pastor of the Israelites, right? And here they've gone to Aaron because now they don't have their leader. Their leader's gone, so they go to the second man in charge. And all of a sudden, something happens with Aaron. I don't really know what he's thinking, but he says, hey, bring me the gold. Moses isn't good enough. We go to Aaron, and Aaron just crumbles and folds. There's a couple different thought processes that I think we can look at. First of all, before I get there, people don't always need what they ask for. They wanted a God. Did they need a God? There's times that we're praying and we're seeking something from the Lord and we really don't need what it is that we're asking for. 
There's times that the answer no is actually the better answer. There's times that delay is actually part of God's will because it tests our faithfulness and it protects us. It puts us, I was reading something, um, I was listening to something yesterday and it was talking about churches and grow and it was talking about all different kinds of stuff and management was this whole idea. And, and, and we don't always have what we think we want because we're not managing what it is that God's given us. So he's protecting the other resources from us because we would mismanagement. You with me? He's protecting, for instance, a church. And uh, God could be protecting people from pouring into a church because he knows that the people that he would place there, the souls he would put there, would be mismanaged and they wouldn't be cared for. Therefore, he's protecting those people and not putting them there until the point, the, the point in time whenever it's ready. Sometimes the point is we don't actually need what we ask for. The delay has led to doubt. And the people don't have any confidence in Moses anymore. They've just been given the instructions. They've been given the commandments in Exodus chapter 20. They've just heard. They've heard what God had orchestrated, what, what he had said, the covenant he had made. The very first thing is you shall have no other gods before me. The very second thing is don't create any carved idols for yourself. Rule number one and rule number two. They've had them for our sake 12 chapters now, and they've already are ready to just throw all that out the window. Because delay leads to doubt. There's symbolism here, I believe, between Moses and Jesus that's so interesting. Before we get there, though, we need to look at a couple of different observations. First of all, when God delays or seems to be missing, you and I get impatient and we quickly forget all that he's done for us in the past just like these folks did. It's so easy to forget the bondage and the slavery that they were in because they're not there anymore. And they've not been there for a while. And so now they've forgotten where they once were and they're impatient because they're not continuing to move forward. And I'm guilty, maybe you're not guilty of it, but if, if I'm not constantly moving forward and constantly doing something, then I feel like I'm going nowhere. But in reality, if I take two steps here and it takes me another little while before I take three more, the fact is I'm still not where I once was, right? And it was so easy for them. The delay created doubt and they got impatient. They forgot where they actually were. And you and I are the same way. It causes this issue and we, we're not understanding why, why is this taking longer, God, than it should be taking? Why, why isn't something happening? Why isn't this, this blessing falling into place? Why isn't healing coming the way healing is supposed to come, Lord? What's going on? We get impatient because the meeting with God is taking too long and we try to create something ourselves. We create excuses. We create reasons of why God's not doing certain things or why, why something's not working out in our life. We create excuses like we can read God's mind. And in reality, it's not at all that any of that's true. It's just the fact that there's a delay in what God's trying to do. It takes time. There's a process, and that delay creates doubt. You with me? 40 days and 40 nights. A lifetime of slavery a lifetime of abuse, and they've let 40 days mess them all up. Moses was fighting for them, learning all about how God would have them live, yet 
because they couldn't see him, they were done. We must hold the faith even when we can't see God moving. When it, we can't clearly see the direction and what Jesus is trying to do in our life, just like Moses at the top of the mountain. When, when we can't see God, it doesn't mean that he's not actually doing something. And it's in those seasons when we can't see, when we can't feel God doing anything, the, the Waymaker song, even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. The reality of it is it's, we can even sing that and we can recognize that, but practicing that and putting that faith walk in play is a totally different ballgame. Right? We've got to hold the faith when God's up to something that we can't see. When God's up to something that we can't feel, we've got to hold the faith. Moses was having an actual meeting with God himself about their life, the direction. God, what are you going to do for these people? He's getting the answers for their life. Because the meeting ran long, they're done. Number two, these people, like many of us, have not let go of the things from Egypt. Aaron said, bring me what? The gold earrings. Why did they have gold earrings? They brought them from Egypt. Bring me all the gold earrings from your wives, your sons, your daughters, and I'll melt down the gold to build you a calf. The thing that was created to put above God was created out of the leftovers from the past season that was no good. They were holding on to the things from Egypt. They were sporting them, representing their, I mean, just their earrings hanging in their ears. He said, bring me the gold so that I can melt it down. The reason that the gold was in place to create the statue was because they were holding on to it from the past. I recognize I'm repeating myself. It's intentional. Some of us cannot let go of the thing from the past. Some of us can't let go of that season, the season of bondage, the season that wasn't a good season, the season that we were miserable, the season that hurt, yet we're still holding on, and when things get sideways, when God's not moving like we want him to, we can take those things and create something to focus our attention on and completely lose the faithfulness in God, completely lose our trust in God, because now we have just enough of that thing left from back there that we can create an idol and we can worship that thing, and our eyes are no longer on Jesus. When the things from our past are kept so close, it's so easy to change our focus and our worship back there and to where it should be. God wants us focused on the future, where our life is going forward. But yet when we hold on to those things, our focus then goes back to the past. They said, we need a God. We need you to create gods for us that, that led us out of Egypt, 
That's what they worship. They were excited. That's, that's the God that led us out of Egypt. Rome. That's not the God that led you out of Egypt. You just created that, and now you think it is because your eyes are off the one true God that actually led you out of Egypt. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 1, get rid of evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. You know why he says to get rid of all the junk? Because we can't carry the junk up the mountain where we're headed to the promised land. And as long as we have any of the junk left, it's so easy to pull the junk and use the junk. When I'm flashing my gold earrings or my, my jealousy or my envy, my deceit, when I'm flashing any of that, when I'm wearing that and I'm carrying it around, it's so easy for me to say, boom, I'm going to use that today instead of using my faith in the Lord. Paul knew it was a problem whenever he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it's not about the actions. It's the attitude. They had taken the journey. They had took the steps. They crossed the Red Sea. They've walked the journey, but their attitude is still, I can always go back. Their attitude is there's safety and there's comfort if I go back. Completely blinded to the fact it's slavery and abuse. But the attitude is I can go back. And as long as we hold those things close, the attitude is still there. And it wasn't the actions of the Egyptians that they couldn't let go of. It was the attitude. Third thing is the difference between Saturday and Sunday. The difference between Saturday and Sunday. Now, if you read this text, yes, I recognize the days of the week are not listed. I'm talking about us. There's a difference between Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, if you will, these people are aggravated. They're frustrated. It's been a long week. It's actually been a long 40 days. So they go to Aaron and say, hey, Aaron, hey, Aaron I'm done. I don't even remember what that Moses guy looks like. He's on my nerves. We need you to do something for us. We need you to build us a, a God, build us an idol. So, the, so Moses or Aaron does it. And on Saturday, they're all excited, worshiping. Uh, Thank you, O Israel. This is the gods that led us out of Egypt. And then Aaron sees how excited they are. And he says, tomorrow... We're going to throw a festival to the Lord. We're going to have the day of worship tomorrow. Today, Saturday, if you will, we're going to do what we want to do, and we're going to keep our eyes off of the Lord. But on Sunday, we're going to celebrate the Lord. The difference between Saturday and Sunday sometimes is horrific. And there's so many people, maybe not here, but in the church, Living Monday through Saturday totally different than we want to live on Sunday. We create the idol on Sunday or on Monday, and things get a little aggravating or agitating on Thursday because it's the end of the week. We're tired where we're out, and it's so easy to pull off that earring or pull off whatever it is, the pride, or pull off the aggravation or the frustration or those unkind words. It's so easy to pull those off and use those and focus on those rather than where am I actually going, God? And we're, we're so easy to get to that place Monday through Saturday where we create our own God, and then on Sunday, Aaron says, no, we're going to worship the Lord. Isn't that what we do? So often, 
I'm not talking about, we're not, we're not falling to sin. We ain't going off and doing, I'm just talking about anything that changes the focus. All they did was took their eyes off Moses and lost track of the fact Moses is going to come back. Jesus is going to come back. You with me? For some people, it's going to be a bad day if he does it on Saturday. They change the focus, and we do the same thing Monday through Saturday. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's family. I don't know what it is. It doesn't have to be some horrible thing. We talked about the last uh, couple weeks, we talked about of our Psalm 23, uh, the series that we were doing on Wednesday, we talked about dwelling and being in the house of the Lord forever. Being in his presence. What does it mean to be in his presence constantly? What does it mean to seek the presence of God? And so often we're guilty of Doing that on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday being this ordinary life. Struggle is, there was a big difference between Saturday and Sunday. Aaron makes the calf, proclaims it as a God, builds the altar before it, then announces that they're going to have a festival the following day for the Lord. What's crazy is it was at that point that verse 7 takes place. God let them throw their earrings in the fire. God even let Aaron mold and fix the calf. But at the point when they said, no, okay, now we're going to worship God tomorrow. We're going to be half in and half out. We're going to be this way today and we're going to be this way tomorrow. When God sees that the people are going to be like that, he said, Aaron, Moses, you got to go fix this. Your people have lost their mind. They have corrupted themselves. Kind of like Scripture tells us about being lukewarm. You can't be half in and half out. You're either hot or you're cold. God's almost let them be to the point they're cold. They've created this calf. They're worshiping it great. All that is almost, it's not fine and dandy, but if you will, God didn't move on that. What God moved on was the moment they said, okay, we're going to build an altar and worship the Lord in front of that calf tomorrow. Sunday morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to show up and whatever it is that we've built for ourselves, whatever the, the, whatever the thing we've idolized throughout the week, we're actually going to build our altar and pretend like everything's okay. We're going to show up and worship the Lord and sing praises to the Lord and be all excited to the Lord, but yet there's still that idol in front of us. And God said, no, Moses, you've got to go fix this problem. There's a difference between Saturday and Sunday. God doesn't just want our attention and celebration on Sunday. He wants all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength all of the time. All that's not really the meat of the message. I almost should have put that under an intro. That's really not the point. It's some pretty good points, but it's not the point. My favorite part about this is how Moses handled it. Because remember, I started off saying that Moses and Jesus could be correlated, symbolic of each other. We see Moses' relationship with these people who have abandoned him, who have betrayed him, who have doubted him. And Jesus is the exact same way over and over for us. God said, I'm going to destroy these people. He said, I'm done with them. 
Moses, before he ever even made it down the mountain, look, he's not even seen the craziness for himself. Verse 9 says, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so that my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. And I'll make you, Moses, into a great nation. Moses has not even seen what's taking place at this point. God said they've created a gold staff, a gold calf. They're, they're worshiping this idol. But Moses, I believe kind of like Jesus, tried to pacify the Lord. Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people who you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with evil intentions, slaughtering them in the mountains? And wiping them from the face of the earth. He says, change your mind about this terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Verse 14 says, so the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened against his people. That's what Jesus did for me. I was on my way straight to hell. You were too. And I believe that it did outrage the Father. I believe he was aggravated because he hates sin. But Jesus changed his mind about me. He changed his mind about you. Moses didn't have to know the whole story. He didn't have to see it for himself. He knew he had such a love for these people. Kind of like God so loving the world enough that he gave Jesus. He had such a love for these people that he fought on their behalf. He left it up to Moses. You handle it. Fine. There's going to be punishment. There's going to be consequences. There's going to be a struggle. Moses makes it down. He sees what in the world is taking place. How in the world did you let this happen? I think he probably should have stomped Aaron in the ground. Moses was just, just like Jesus is just. And Moses says, it's time for a decision. Everybody go over there, and if you're going to follow the Lord with me, you need to come join me. All the Levites, if you read it, all the Levites joined. That was the, the, the priestly tribe. All the Levites joined Moses, and he said, now take your sword and go from the end to the, the front to the back of the camp and slay everybody. 3,000 people died that day. God's just. He's righteous. He's gracious. Moses said, if you want to follow the Lord, come follow the Lord. If you're going to be rebellious and you're going to stay over there, you're going to pay the price. They died. Unfortunately, just like you and I, sin, temptation gives birth to sin and sin when conceived, brings death. The people were plagued. They all got sick. That was the consequence. There has to be a consequence. But they didn't die that day because Moses had petitioned on their behalf. Why did he even have to? 
because the delay had created doubt. I don't know what it is in our life that we feel like is delayed. But don't let it drive you to the point of running from the Lord. Don't be one of the 3,000 that stays away. Jesus don't want that. Moses didn't want anybody to be divided that day. Moses had intentions for everybody to enter into the promised land. It didn't happen. There's some things we've got to lay down. The things that we're not letting go of. We've got to hold the faith even though we can't see. Sometimes we're so ignorant on this journey. My brother Abdiah said a couple weeks back, you talked about the difference between how you shepherd sheep and how you handle cows. He said, the Lord is my shepherd is what David said. We're his sheep. He's our good shepherd. Abdiya said, if you watch the difference between sheep and cows, the sheep have to be beat. They have to be whooped. They have to be rough handled. I'm sorry, the cows have to be rough handled. The sheep, the shepherd just calls their name and they follow his voice. He said, sometimes I wish God would treat me like a cow. We've been ignorant on this journey. Sometimes I need God to treat me like a cow. He doesn't. He treats me like a good shepherd that he is and treats me like a sheep. Their doubt led to sin. Jesus is pleading with the Father on our behalf. We get to continue this journey because of Jesus. Whatever it is you're waiting on today, keep waiting. Hold the faith. Maybe there's a lot of demons that are having to be fought in order to get their answered prayer to you. Maybe what it is that God's got lined up isn't actually prepared and ready for you just yet. Maybe God wants to receive the glory from your trial and your struggle season. I don't know. I don't have to know. But don't let your delay lead to doubt. Don't let the doubt lead to sin. Don't let sin lead to destruction. You've got a high priest. You've got Jesus that wants us to succeed. Hold the faith. Keep pushing. Keep waiting. Just because you can't see Jesus moving doesn't mean he's not moving. Moses was getting some pretty crucial information for their lives, but they weren't willing to wait on that. 
Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you, God, for this word today. Lord, I believe that you laid it on my heart for a purpose, for a reason. And I believe there's somebody in the room today that's in a waiting season. Their prayers are being delayed. God, their petition, what they're waiting on from you, God, what they're needing from you, Lord, you moving, it's been delayed. God, and they're on the verge of doubt. God, protect those people today. Let them be encouraged. Let them know today, God, that you're a part of that journey. And that it's not over just because it's delayed. Lord, let us cast off the things from Egypt, the things from our past, the things that are holding us down, the thoughts, God, that we want to rush back in our minds, Father, the the actions, the attitudes that we've got, Father, that are following us, Lord, that's so easy to stop and just build our own idol out of those things. Father, let us cast them off. Let us not hold on to those. Lord, we keep them too close. We fall. God, let us not be different from Saturday to Sunday. Lord, I believe that that angered you as much as any other part of this. The fact that one day they were building and worshiping another God, the next day they were going to flip-flop and worship you. It don't work that way, Lord. You desire all of us all the time. God, let us be captivated by your presence. Let us be constantly entering into your presence. God, so that we're not slipping into this idolic worship. Father, if there's doubt in the house today, I pray that it would cease in the name of Jesus. The delay is not meant to bring doubt. Victory's coming. Lord, as we sang about all morning today, You are a miracle-working God. You bring dead things to life. You parted the sea and made seas highways for this group of people we've talked about today, Lord. You're asking us to continue to stay faithful to worship you, Lord. We need to declare today that, yes, I will continue to glorify your name, even when I don't see what you're doing, even when I don't feel what you're doing. I'm going to worship you, Lord. God, even in this test and this fire, Father, that you're using to refine me, I'll cry out that all I want to do is to love you. All I want to do is worship you. Lord, let me sit here at the bottom of the mountain at your feet so that you could rekindle that fire today. I love you, Lord. Father, I pray today for your people. God, I pray that pour blessings on them. Give them grace and peace. Let your face shine on them. Bring them back again in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.